A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 95 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're all about inclusive design. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. We have Christina Mallon of the Wonderman Thompson Inclusive Design Practice on. We'll get to that chat in just a moment. Soon we'll have Steve Randazzo on experiences, David Lemley on retail voodoo, David C. Baker on building an agency, and John McDonald of The Good on optimization. And I have a special guest for episode 100 and probably 101 as well that we'll announce shortly. If my math is correct, we'll reach that milestone on September 30th, but my math can be a bit fuzzy, so who knows? It's hard to believe we've reached that milestone or we're almost there. We've got lots of other great discussions in the planning stages, and it should be a great end to 2019. We have a great lineup of podcasts on Podco Media Networks. There's this one, the Innovation Podcast, Demystifying Data in My First Job. Plus, we have the Innovate Her Podcast, hosted by Innovate Her KC founder Lauren Conaway on the way in October, and a podcast about Latin American business shortly after that. Head over to podcomedia.com to listen and subscribe. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage. One of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. Okay, on to Christina Mallon. Christina has a fascinating story to tell about her career path and her creation of the inclusive design practice at Wonderman Thompson. We discuss the three principles of inclusive design how we see inclusive design in practice, how Christina employs design thinking in her inclusive design work, they're really the same thing, the use of cross-functional teams, and plus we get the story on the inclusivity practice at Wonderman Thompson and the work they did for Tommy Adaptive. This is part one of our chat, so let's get to it. Christina, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Thank you so much for having me on. That's great having you here. Can you tell me your background and how you ended up at Wonderman Thompson? Yeah. So for the last nine years, I've been with different 
advertising agencies and, and MarTech agencies. And at the beginning of my career, my arms started to become paralyzed. Doctors still don't know why, but I'm not able to use you know, any of my fingers, my elbow, and most of my forearm and shoulders. So I kind of was transitioning, really kind of figuring out where my place is in the world and kind of how do I hack life. And I thought when I looked at advertising, I really didn't see myself in the ads, not even in the ads, but in the products too, and just all of the customer experiences. So I got involved with inclusive design nonprofit called Open Style Lab outside of work. And then I really thought that I kind of really understood how to create inclusive products from my time with this inclusive design nonprofit and then had the chance to go back into advertising and work on the Tommy Hilfiger Adaptive campaign. And then from there, started a inclusive design group at Waterman Thompson. Wow. So can you tell me what inclusivity design is or inclusive design? So really how inclusive design kind of looks at things, it's very much a design method. And with the output being that creating really accessible products. So inclusive design really uses kind of three principles. And one is recognize exclusion. So see where you're excluding something and someone during your creation process that could be of an ad or a product or of an actual store. And then really learn from diversity. When you're creating a product, you need to really understand that market. But let's understand who's getting excluded and their kind of situation. And then think about how can I, with what I'm creating, really make it accessible? And then how does that extend to more people? An example of inclusive design is when we look at touchscreen. So that was first created for someone that had a limited dexterity and couldn't use the existing keyboard. And now touchscreen is used by all. So the first thing that was created was really for people with disabilities, but then is used by all. So it's all about making better products and better customer experiences using a certain design method. And the reason why we use this design method is so that we can reach a larger audience. I always think of door handles, the kind of door handles that are in buildings now are actually easier for everybody to use. It's a similar kind of thing. Exactly. And that is just one really great example of, you know, better design is accessible design and inclusive design. And when you design for these kind of, I would say, minority communities like people with disabilities, it's the world's largest minority, you can create better products. And better products that are just better, not necessarily because they are inclusive, but they're actually better in general for everyone. Definitely. I think that's and kind of that's what inclusive design really is based on. It is making, you know, inclusive design is better design. And it's not just from making the world better. It's from actually creating a better product. Do you employ design thinking in the way that you put things together? That's a buzzword that kind of cropped up over the last 10 years. So design thinking uses the same process that inclusive design uses. It's one in the same. But inclusive design looks to include more people in the design, but it uses the same design thinking methodology that is used as the buzzword today. Yeah. And it's all about empathy, right? It's all about putting your 
self in the place of the the user, for want of a better phrase. Exactly. We start to see a lot of designers will design for themselves. And, you know, unless you're the only person that's going to use that product, you should really think of others. And that's why it's so important to use teams, like cross-functional teams. And that's why with kind of my practice here at Wenham and Thompson is that, you know, my inclusive design team has someone in CX. We have a creative director. We have an, a, a business development person. And they're all from different backgrounds and of different genders and ethnicities to make sure that we're having multiple perspectives put into the work that comes out of Wonderman Thompson. Yeah, it's so important. Designers can become known for a look, right? And that's actually not good. You want a designer to reflect whatever the need is. Exactly. And I think that an interesting saying that I've learned from other disabled people in my community is that we're disabled by design. I never feel disabled until I run into a design challenge. For example, if a restaurant has a doorknob that is a turn doorknob rather than the updated doorknob that is just the press bar down. And that's when I really start to realize I'm disabled. And that's the only time. So when we think about disability in the community, we think about it in the social way, which is disabled by design rather than not by a medical reason. Yeah. So can you tell me about the Wonderman Thompson practice that you've built and how that kind of came to be and how you staffed it? And uh, just tell me about it. Yeah. So um, the inclusivity practice here at Wonderman Thompson came to be after the work that we had with Tommy Hilfiger Adaptive. When I came on to Tommy Hilfiger Adaptive, I used the inclusive design thinking that I've learned in my time at Open Style Lab and applied that there. And that really was, if we're going to be inclusive, we need to be inclusive from end to end. So the product needs to be accessible to people with disabilities. The packaging needs to be easy to open for people with disabilities. The advertising needs to have closed captioning and subtitles and descriptive audio. And you need to be able to buy the product easily if you have a person with a disability. So we thought about kind of all of the customer experiences that we were creating with our client, Tommy Hilfiger, for the launch of their adaptive clothing line and thought about how can we ensure that we're using the inclusive design principles at every single step. We did that there and what we started to see as you know, more employees got involved in the project, that inclusive design thinking was something that was needed among many of the brands here we have at Wonderman Thompson. So I met with the CEO here and talked about how can we take inclusive design and use it as a way to spark innovation. And I think you know, from there, there was just so much excitement that I, I was given some time to put together this offering called our inclusive design practice, which really kind of looks at all of our clients and you know future clients from a customer experience lens of as a disabled shopper or a disabled just from a consumer i guess you could say how does people with disabilities interact with your brand and then at every single touch point we provide a solution on how to make that interaction more accessible because 25% of the US population has a disability so that's a large consumer set. And globally, people with disabilities have a, and the community has a disposable income of $8 trillion. That's larger than the disposable income of China. And, but no brands are really thinking about this. 
And that's kind of where we come in. It's just a really a new way to look at your customer set and then also drive innovation within your company. And to look at them as human beings, right? Exactly. And then think about the, the life cycle. It's Disability is the only minority that everyone will be a part of in their life. So when you look at kind of this customer path that you, you try to get them early, or if you take the P&G money, you try to get them early so they use the brand for the rest of their lives. And you have to understand kind of what are the changes that someone's body goes through throughout their life. And, and disability is definitely one of them, but we're not making our brands inclusive. And that's where I think it was really important, especially when we focus on millennials and Gen Z. 70% of millennials questioned said that they would buy a more expensive product if they knew that brand was inclusive. So they really care about this. So, you know, it's more than just a good thing to do. It makes business sense. Yeah. At its core, it's about values. It's about a company caring about something, right? I definitely agree. And I think people want the brands that they buy to reflect their personal values. And I think, you know, disability is a bipartisan issue. So it just makes sense for that, that to be the one they care about. All right, next time, Christina and I continue our discussion. So stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.